Well, good morning, Park Church. Good morning. Yeah. Uh, it occurred to me driving over here that be the last time I may say that to you. Although, I want to mention to Matt, if all goes well, I am hoping to be back. And probably not for Park Palooza, although I'd like, I, that sounds interesting. <laughs> you know, next month. I've never been to one of those. But, but uh, part of what we enjoy doing as part of transition is coming back uh, when your new lead pastor is installed. So I do hope... Uh, uh, if at all possible, to be back with you at that point. So uh, I'd like to say a couple things before we open God's Word together. One is uh, that it has really been a privilege to serve you and to serve with you. Uh, I happen to live my life in transition. I know that's my own problem, you know. <laughs> that's just kind of what I do. And, and, but it's, it's, a great, it's actually prime time, like Pastor Matt has already said, when we are in times of transition, you all know this, that uh, things can be either like it's a fork in the road uh, and things will, will move forward well or, or not so much uh, in all different ways. So uh, th thanks uh, for letting me join you, serving you and serving with you. A special just shout out to the uh, staff and the elders and those who lead the search team and the many teams here. Uh, I, I just want to say, when I was driving over here this morning, I thought, now, if we moved here, like if we got a job here and moved to your neighborhood, I, I'd want to come to Park Church, you know? And, and I, th I think there are many people out there that that would be the case. So, you know, Godspeed to you, your neighbors. Uh, there's a great potential in this place. We initially, two more things. Uh, and then we'll, we'll read the scripture and, and consider part of uh, that this morning. One of the reasons that we ended up coming here was there's another ministry leader in New York. He and his wife have a special fondness for the, this area of New Jersey. And that was kind of our part connection with our team. And, and uh, uh, her name's Jerry Scazzaro. Some of you know of Pete and Jerry from their writings. And Jerry just grew up right over here. They have a huge heart for this area. And one of the things that they've mentioned is Park Church. Park Church there in Tinton Falls. It, 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 you know, they're praying and hoping this must go on well. Because there, there needs to be good, good churches like this in the area. You know, there just has to be for the future. And I love, you know, their heart. And they, they pray for you. The last thing I want to say... Uh, before this morning uh, in the sermon time is um, love you guys, really. Uh, I, um, I, I will remember fondly many coffee times, uh, office chats, walks and talks, uh, times around the table, times around meals, uh, times around uh, crying, uh, times around celebrating. Uh, for the most, uh, it's been fun mo most of the time. You know, and, uh, and uh, so uh, all that to say that you and Park Church are in our hearts and in our prayers going forward. Uh, I hope you know that, and that's true. So, Father, thank you uh, for these people, for this place. Uh, we pray for your good future. Uh, in the lives, the families, and the uh, church community represented here. Lord, we uh, all through time as your people face 
joys and challenges and heartaches and losses and transitions. And we want to learn and to grow and to uh, not just do well that we'd feel better, but to do well also that you would be honored, Lord. And we pray that would be true again this morning. Uh, teach us as we learn from one of your great servants as he wrote to us uh, and the church. We pray for Jesus' sake. Amen. So yeah, uh, most of us are now, or soon will be, or are helping someone in transition. So as I, I've been reading some more about this, I'm considered it's a lifelong learning kind of a thing. So you say, well, what's transition? Pastor Matt mentioned it, Sue prayed about it. We actually sung about it this morning, if you were listening, uh, and were to the worship music. What's transition? Uh, it's a time of moving from what has been into what will be. Some people who've written about it use the image of a trapeze, you know, you're you're kind of flying through the air and holding on, and there's this time where actually you have to let go and hope you catch the, the next ring well, right? <laughs> uh, that's why it can be really fun or some really difficult things can happen in transition, right? I remember I was thinking, you know, I, I think I began to think about this when I was a little kid. It's baseball season, and I lived for baseball when I was a little boy, and I remember my baseball coach, I tried to pitch a little bit when I was, you know, young and and I didn't play college ball or anything, but, but uh, I remember my baseball coach talking about how significant it was what, right when you were releasing the ball. And I thought, why? Well, my initial thought was I thought it was just finding the ball, you know, which I had trouble doing that sometimes. And, and, and then um, and my glove and being ready and all that and being able to throw hard. But actually a, a, a key thing, right, is what happens when you're releasing and, and is that not true of all kinds of things of life, that we're relinquishing, releasing, letting go of something, and it's real important then what happens. Uh, students. One of my first memories was starting kindergarten, huge transition. Uh, some of you are graduating, good for you, congratulations. You know, you're moving from middle school, you're moving out of high school, you're moving out of college, different, all kinds of different transitions. Uh, you know about that. Some of them can be major accidents or major illnesses. Some of you are dealing with that. Uh, one author noted the obvious, we're in transition a good deal of the time. So what is, how do we think about it well and do this? So my mind was trying, I want to do four things with you this morning, and this, it'll be moving fairly quickly. So please don't take this like airplane announcements. You know how that goes? You know, there's all this stuff, and th th this end of this Second Timothy book, it could come across like that, where the apostles just kind of like doing the thing that you do to finish a letter. Please do not hear it that way. You know, the people on the recent Southwest flight, they were sorry that most of them didn't even have their masks on right when they had that accident. They'd heard that maybe for years, and now they're listening to the announcements. So it's kind of like that. Please don't say, oh, okay, this is Sunday, you know, and this is kind of just the close of a letter uh, in the Bible. And so, you know, I've heard this kind of, listen with new ears. Pay attention to how you may be able to use this. So we're going to do four things. Read it. I'm going to make some comments. Second, uh, kind of through this little text, uh, that's very interesting, written by a guy named Paul, the apostle back in the day, to a mentor, and by implication to us even now, 
in the church. And, and then the third thing I want to do is pick a couple key parts, because there are at least three things that leap out of this text that I think will help us in almost any transition, especially major life transitions. And, uh, and then the fourth thing is that it just begs us into some, some uh, real practical life lessons that, uh, that he was telling Timothy and that we'll consider today. So here we go. Ready? Uh, we're going to just read through the text together. If you have your smart device, your hard copy of the Bible, or if you prefer to look at the screen, that's fine. It's, it's like this. And this is, uh, you might say, well, this I thought was just written to Timothy. Well, it was, but it's also a public letter that's part of God's Word. And uh, it's sort of like incidental instruction to both Timothy then and to us now. We'll pick it up in 2 Timothy 4, chapter, uh, verse 6. As for me, says the Apostle Paul, I am already being poured out as a libation, and the time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. From now on, there's reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which, is, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, not only to me, but to, to all those who long for his appearing. Do your best to come to me soon. For Demas, in love with his present world, deserted me. He's gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke was with me. Get Mark, bring him with you. He's useful in my ministry. I've, I've sent Tychicus to Ephesus. Pastor Tychicus of Ephesus, that's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and that's where Timothy was, by the way. When you come, he says to Timothy, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, also the books, and above all, the parchment. See how we could just easily read by this? Kind of like, oh, they're just these closing remarks. Well, uh, go, back, go back with me again. Just, I want you to get the, what's happening here? Do you know what's happening here? The guy that wrote this, Paul, uh, he, he, was, he, was a, uh, he was a privileged fellow, actually. He had the best of training in his young adult life. Best schools, like here we'd say, man, the, the, he, he went to the elite Ivy League school uh, in, his, in his training. And he was, he was convinced early on in his life, as some of you know, if you've traveled around the Bible, been in the church, he, he was con his early mission was to help el or eliminate uh, Jesus followers because they were wayward, they were, in his view, and they were a problem. And then he met Jesus. Some of this written in the, recorded in the book of Acts. Changed his life. Where's Paul now? Do you know where he is when he wrote this thing? Second Timothy, it's a letter to Timothy. Do you know where he was? He was in prison in Rome. And uh, history tells us that like Paul did these journeys talking about Jesus all over the region. God used him in unique ways. God used him to write a lot of our Bible, actually, including uh, this letter that we still have, part of God's Word. And uh, Timothy's in prison. You remember why he's in prison? Well, he was there because people were convinced, since he was talking about Jesus, he was a problem. And they, they really wanted to quiet him. So he, he was really, he was facing martyrdom for his faith. That's the context. Toward the end of his life, 
He knows he's going to be martyred. And he's writing to this young guy that he charged to pastor the church in Ephesus, Timothy, who he loved. Call him his son in the faith. So that's the context. So let's, let's look at a couple of these things now as we go along. What is this? Uh, Paul says, as for me, I am already being poured out as a libation at the time of, uh, the time of my departure has come. I want to say, well, why, how, how's this a section about transition? That word departure that we're highlighting here, it's a very interesting word. If you would have heard, uh, read or heard Paul talk about that back in the day, that word is one that's only used here, uh, but it was used in the Greek culture of, of uh, Toulousan. Like if you had a sailboat, you, you'd, you'd bring your boat to the dock, you know, you'd tie it up with some ropes, and, and to depart, that word meant you're going to loosen the ropes because you're going to get ready to set out to sail again. You're leaving one place and moving to another. That's the word he uses for departure. We might use, we're going to, like, take off. Or I'm going to say today, we're going to transition. And Paul's saying, you know what, what he means by his departure here? I, I'm soon going to die. I, I'm, um, I'm facing death, a martyr's death, and this is his final transition, actually. The pretty important one, right? Death. So listen to this. One, one thing that the apostle does here is he's defining death. His metaphor for death is loosening the moorings to sail into something new. How do we think about death? He was very confident of this, are you? I mean, on our final days. His, his great uh, anticipation and hope and confidence was this wasn't just it. I mean, many people in our culture think, view death as what? Or any transition. It's like the great curse. It's the great unknown. It's the despicable thing. Paul's here confident and hopeful and about what's next. He's going to be with Christ, going into God's presence in heaven. So departure is loosening the moorings to sail into a new thing. And we do that in many different ways in our lives. Notice verse 7 real quick. Can, can, I'm thinking, now as I read this and picture the aged Apostle Paul, I'd like to be able to say this. Would you? Did you, did you hear verse 7? Like, I fought the good fight. Very interesting terms. It means I've, I agonized the good agony. That's what those words say. It hasn't always been easy. In fact, it's been really difficult a lot of the times, this thing of following Jesus and having a gospel life. Fought the fight, fought the good fight. I'm finishing the race, and I've kept the faith, or I've believed along the way. Crossing the finish line. He's getting ready to cross the final finish line of his life. Now, in this text, let's go on to our second part, because there are some lessons about transition, and I want to just fill it in, because you might say, well, there's also like a lot of life lessons here, right? And I think that's the message, too, that if when Timothy read this letter from Paul, he's not only picking up, well, how's Paul doing this change in his life? He's all, there's also life lessons in this. So that's our last two parts. And as I was reading this, I thought, boy, this is really helpful for, for me. Maybe this will be helpful uh, for others here at Park Church. Uh, and, and I think it has to do with us choosing wisely some things as we deal with changes and challenges of transition times, running a race that's, that's worth running as we have the time. How do we do that as we turn corners and make transitions? 
departure. Are, are, are you thinking about that in different transitions? So before we go to these three lessons, just let me say the two hardest things, some of you have asked this. What, 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 you've asked about what have been the most joyful things while I've been around here and also what have been some of the hardest things. You know, one of the hardest things actually is right now. Uh, one of the hardest things for me is saying goodbye. I, I don't know how that is for you. But, but we, uh, our, our ministry is one where on average we're with, with people a, a year, sometimes two at the most. We never, you know, it's not good if it's more than a year and a half. And, and I come to know and love people like, like I do you. And so right now I'm in one of the hardest things. It's like, well, um, you know, what do you do? You know, have a nice life. See you later. You know, <laughs> hope it goes well. Good luck, as John Calvin would say, you know. Just kidding. Um, but but so, but what, what's, a, what's, a, what's a goodbye? Uh, 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 um, a, a loving goodbye that we would in our hearts transition well and do well with one another. Here's, here's three things that I, I see in this text that, that the Apostle Paul was doing and had done and are really lessons to Timothy and does. So, so check this out. Maybe there are one of these three things that you could pick and be a little bit more wise like me. I, I'm hoping to gain wisdom as we go along in life and do transitions wisely. So choose wisely. Here's one that the Apostle Paul just, bam, right out of the gate. So what he's saying is um, he's given his life for something on purpose. That's what that being poured out for, right? He starts with that. I've, I, I'm being poured out. You know what that, 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 that's about? He says, I've given my life. I have sacrificed. And boy, did he. If you read his story sometime, if you don't know it. This is a word to be poured out. Very interesting. In the Jewish culture of the past, this was, this was like, uh, okay, an animal is going to be sacrificed sometimes, or there's another sacrifice on the altar. And to be poured out would be like some wine in a chalice that would be poured into or around the sacrifice. And in, in the Jewish uh, custom, it was a fragrant aroma to God himself. The wine being poured out, an offering to God. That is how the apostle viewed his life as well as this time of transition. He said, Timothy, I'm, I'm, I'm being poured out as an offering to God. And, and there were some wise choices he needed to make about that. And it's a picture of this satisfaction he had at the end of his life of, of yeah, it's, uh, it's been a good pouring out. It hadn't been easy, but it's been good. I think it's been pleasing to God. What are you pouring yourself out for? If you get up most mornings, there's a reason that you're getting up and there's something that you are sacrificing your time your efforts, your energies, that you, you, you know, with your, I hope, or, or you're looking for something to pour yourself out for. Do we not? What is it? I mean, we can so easily get misguided on this, can't we? Well, I, I'm actually, I'm willing to sacrifice. What, what, how do you fill in the blank? I'm willing to sacrifice for, I mean, some of us, it's, Actually, it's what you're dreaming about, hoping for. The main thing that captures your affection, what is it? I mean, sometimes we can say the silly little things like, I'm actually hoping for a newer car. 
I know that'll, that'll be it. Well, you, you've talked with people who have a nice new, even red car, right? And then there's, or what about the newer house? Or the bigger place? Or the second house for some of, or the, or, or, or to please people? Or to have a better, bigger office? I don't, I don't, what is it that you're pouring your life? The Apostle Paul, if he were here now, he'd say, man, choose wisely. Choose wisely what you sacrifice and pour your life out for. And he was all about, guess what? There's a lot of good things to work hard for, but at the center of that, it is actually the race worth running when we run hard for the sake and the purpose of Jesus. That's what he's thinking about here. That's what he's telling Timothy. That's what he's telling us. It's worth it. It's, it's the race that's worth running. It's the sacrifice that's worth making. The second thing that he says is like in, down in verse 8, if you read it, and, and he says this, there's reserved for me the crown of righteousness. Very curious word. Like he's picturing heaven here, right? When he sees the, the good judge, the final judge. You know that uh, when we die, that we'll all kind of like have our final job review. Have you read that in the Bible? You think your job review now is important? I mean, the creator of heaven and earth in our lives will one day have the opportunity to stand before and kind of like the thing is, well, how did we steward things, you know? And, but also, Paul's saying here, he's hoping for this. He's confident of this. He's hoping what? For this crown of righteousness. Now, this is probably, if you were back in the Greek culture and you were to run marathons or run races and you happened to win, you'd get a wreath, a crown. And uh, so that's the picture. Like, you've run to win and you're being rewarded. Probably what this crown of righteousness is referring to, have you, have you studied righteousness? Like it shows up hundreds of times in the Old Testament and a couple hundred times in the New Testament. Big theme and word in the Bible. The gist of it is when, when we accept Jesus as our Savior, like we're declared righteous because when God looks at us, he sees Christ. You know, and so we have this thing that theologians say, well, just you're justified. There's justification. We're declared righteous because of our life in Christ. But 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 then as we grow and many of you, I've even talked with some of you this morning, man, I this has been a season of growth in your community groups and around here. And what are we doing? We're growing in righteousness. You know, being coming more like Christ. And it's a great joy, isn't it? And the apostles looking to the last stage of what it is to be saved is when, and, and Pastor Matt mentioned this last week, when we see Jesus face to face, the Bible says, then we'll be like him. Then we'll be fully righteous. The apostles longing for that, hoping for that, confident of that. There will be a day that like how messed up I am, it'll all be fully like, I'll be fully righteous because I'm with him and see him. What are you hoping for? That was his rock-solid hope in his life. You know, so that it just calls the question, right? Do you, do you anticipate that? Because you might say, well, just isn't it people like the great apostle, you know, that has that hope in heaven? No. In case we were concerned about that, he goes on to say, this is true for what? For all of us who long for his appearing, long to see him, when we will become fully, redeemed, cleaned up, righteous, made right. There will be a day for us that are in Christ. Isn't that great? The apostles just 
Oh, I long for that. Well, please long for that. The third thing he's doing in this is he anticipates this transition he's facing is, uh, did you notice this thing at the end? He mentions all these people and these things. Well, actually, what I, what, what I think the message that Paul is, is he's chosen, he's asking for some things. He says, Timothy, would you please hurry and come? It may have been cold, and, you know, prisons then weren't like the prisons today. It was probably cold. He was probably arrested even before he had a chance to get his coat. So he says, Timothy, would you come and play, like hurry up if you can, bring my coat, you know. And, but he mainly wanted to see Timothy because only Dr. Luke was with him. Other people had gone off or even deserted him. You re- remember that when we read? What's he saying? I've, he's choosing wisely and asking for what is truly life-giving. What was life-giving for Paul typically? The people of God and the word of God. You notice that in the text? When you come and bring Mark. By the way, Mark had like gone off the rails before. Now Paul's just longing to see him again. And Timothy and others. And, and, and the books. Here's a guy that wrote a lot of this. And he's asking, bring those parchments, probably copies of his of the Old Testament. He's getting ready to die and he's still wanting to read and learn. Do you? I hope so. Please come, the people of God, and bring those copies of the Word of God. They are life-giving. That's that's kind of what this is saying. So those are three things I think we can grab onto, not only as we face death, but as we face major transitions. You know, as asked, well, what am I, as I make this move into school, as I make this change, what what am I willing to give my life for, pour my life out for, sacrifice for? What am I really hoping for? And, and what is life-giving? Use, the, use those things. It's been a big lesson to me. Go back to these basics that the wise, seasoned, really godly Apostle Paul, right before he's going to die a martyr's death and go to heaven, this is what he's writing to his great friend and pastor, Timothy. So let's wrap up then with some life lessons. I hope those are three things that different ones of us pick at least one of them in the transitions that you make. Let's recap it in a little bit different way. What, what's, what's this little text really saying? Um, there are other different lessons. I mean, he's kind of saying, Timothy. So would you put your name in there for Timothy? Very few of you are named Timothy, right? <laughs> but Jane, put your name in there, right? You know, and <laughs> Brian, put your name in there. Rich, put your name in there. Every one of you, put your names in here. So I'm going to just say Timothy but you put your own name in it. You read through this, you go, it's like Timothy. Don't think that being faithful to God and his call will inoculate you from being deserted. Paul was. Or left alone. Paul was. Or even betrayed. Paul was. By the way, Jesus was. Keep perspective in tough times, in transition times. Timothy. I am finishing the race, loving Jesus, loving his church. And the church was not always there for me, even at critical times. The apostle was saying that. He might have said, in our words, I've been wounded by the people of the church, but I love the church. 
And I've, I've wisely chosen to sacrifice for Christ and for his church. Timothy, agonize in the good agony. That's running the good race. Stay in the gospel race. Finish the course set before you. There's satisfaction in completing your own unique course that God set for you. Your own call from God. Cross the finish line well. Timothy, run the race worth running. Finish well. Hey, hey, we can, we can like stare anything, even death, right in the face when we pour ourselves out for something worthwhile and far better. Timothy. Jesus is worth giving your life for, sacrificing for, being poured out for. He's our hope. When we see him, we'll be like him. It'll be soon. Have that hope. A key thought, I think, that Paul is saying to Timothy and to us, if you want to just capture a few words today, think about this. He's saying, we, we end up living for what we love. We live for what we love. Demas, he started loving things of the world and like we never heard about him or from him again. He was a co-worker with the apostle before. Demas ended up falling in love with things of the world and he got apparently lost in the weeds. Don't do the Demas thing, Timothy. Heed that warning. A key question might be, do you really love what you're living for? Because those things go together. But Timothy, last thing, Timothy, I, I, I'm about to cross the finish line. My departure is near. You make sure, by God's grace, you cross the good finish line. Keeping eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, by God's grace, and I might say this to you, by God's grace, we'll see you on the other side of the line. We're going to pray and sing. Father, thank you for this portion of your word, not only to Timothy, who pastored in Ephesus, but to us as we... Uh, sit and listen in Tinton Falls. I would pray over us as a people today that we would uh, be wise in the race that we're running, what we're sacrificing ourselves for, what we're being poured out for, what we hope in. And uh, May you, Jesus, remain at the center of our affections. May we treasure you, Jesus, above all else. We pray in his name. Amen.